and prolific Ukrainian folk group called Express with a traditional Ukrainian tango, Hutsuka Ksenia. Dobry den, shenovni radio suhachi, ta vitaju vas vsih. Na radio peredaču naš holos radio krinskoho korinja je kapodjeci vam sihodnji na hveli CHLY, stojdeni sim FM umisti na najmo. Pri mikrofoni cihodeno je Pavlina, a nastupno hodeno bude z vame Oksana. Djaku ju ščorišale pere bude z nama nastupnih dvoh hoden. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you from CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm Paula Demchuk Macquarie, Pokrinska Pavlina, and I'll be your host for this first hour. Oksana will be here at 12 noon to host the show in Ukrainian. I'm delighted to have you with us. We've got a great program lined up for you in this hour. We have an interview with Natalia Feruschak, who is the director of Communications for the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, which sponsors our series, Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, and she'll be telling us all about a brand new literary prize that they've just introduced. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, Yikale Kozakia by Tin Sonsia, translates as Riding Cossacks.
Як пташина б'ється
Genevieve Pocolina from Toronto and a song called Chimuta Kejitya, Why Is Life Like That? And that uh, is, that number was from the archives of the Nash Holis Music Library. That goes back, that's a song that goes back. Oh, well, the album goes back, I think, to about the 1980s, and certainly it got an awful lot of airplay on the first incarnation of Nash Holos back in the 1990s. And since this is our 30th year since the show went first went on the air, I'll be digging into the archives a fair bit and um, go, taking some trips down memory lane. And um, if you were around and listening at that time, I hope you'll enjoy those trips with me. And if not, you might enjoy hearing stuff that uh, goes back that far. Amazing when I think about it. Uh, the time just flew by. At any rate, here is another song from those times, uh, very popular in the 1990s. And this is a song that came out just before Ukrainian independence, uh, during those times of Glasnost and um, maybe even leading up when there was an awful lot of unrest and the Soviet Union was falling apart. This is a song by uh, what was then a punk musician. It sounds kind of mainstream now when I when I listen, but at the time she was quite um, revolutionary, or maybe counter-revolutionary. Not sure what term they would have used. At any rate, it was indicative of the times, the unrest, and with a theme that very much applies to the Kremlin today. The song is by Vika from a live recording. It is called Hanba, Shame.
чистоту української мови. А мені все єдино, ковбаса чи ковбаса, аби вона була. For a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. Last December, the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter announced a new initiative called Encounter, the Ukrainian Jewish Literary Prize. This prize is dedicated to literary works that explore aspects of the Ukrainian Jewish experience. The award is funded by UJE with the support of the Book Forum, Ukraine's oldest literary festival, and the Ukrainian Book Institute. Natalia Fedeschak is Director of Communications for the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, and she joins us now via Skype from Ukraine to tell us about this exciting new initiative. So Natalia, welcome back to Nash Holos. 
Thank you. So what a great initiative to recognize authors and book publishers. Given your role representing UJE at book fairs, and we talked about this uh, last time we spoke, um, I suspect you may have had a hand in the creation of this literary award? Uh, Well, yes. When I started with uh, UJE a number of years ago, this is an organization that now has been um, around for over a decade. And, uh, you know, to have a book award is a way not only of promoting an organization, but it is a way of promoting a dialogue. And I, you know, having, having read books my whole life, thought what a wonderful way to sort of move the dialogue forward, the Ukrainian-Jewish dialogue, the conversation forward through a book award. And, you know, I had an opportunity to meet with many individuals who had multiple roles in creating book awards or judging book awards. Mm -hmm. And uh, thankfully, based on all of these conversations, we were able to come up with a concept that would make the realization of this award uh, possible. And I'm very glad and grateful to the board uh, to have signed off on this. And so now we're you know, hard at work promoting it here in Ukraine. And it's been an interesting experience so far because this is the first time that I've been involved in anything like this. But we're very lucky because we have very good partners, you know, who have have, uh, dealt with books for a lifetime almost. So... So let's let's talk let's talk about these partners then, Natalia. The first one, I guess, was is the book forum. Now, is this the one that you were telling us about that organizes the uh, book fair in Lviv? Yes, it's uh, it's a nonprofit. The Publishers Forum is Ukraine's oldest literary festival. I mean, they have a children's festival, but their very big event uh, comes every September. And, you know, the, the Lviv Book Forum has now become one of the premier European literary festivals. And, you know, they really began from an initiative that was started by Oleksandr Koval and Andriy Pavlishin, and it has grown exponentially. And every September, the, the book fair in Lviv essentially overtakes the city, and Lviv is now known as a city of books. And uh, so this book fair is magnificent, not only in its outreach in the city, but the fact that we hear so many different voices from so many different authors, not only from Ukraine, but abroad. And so they are a natural partner for us because we have worked with them for a number of years. And, and Alexander Kovail and both Andrei Publishing I've known for a number of years, and Andrei Pavlishin actually is our curator for the program that we have at the Lviv Book Fair annually. I see. And the Ukrainian Institute of Books? The Ukrainian Institute of Books is a newer body that was established in 2016. Alexander Kubal heads that uh, institute, and they're really there sort of a resource an informational resource, you know, somebody that we can look to for guidance where it's necessary as well. So Andriy Pavlishin and Alexander Koval, have they been involved with book prizes before, literary awards? Oh, yes. I mean, the Lviv Book 
forum has they every year they have had a prize of the forum. So you know these are people who are very well versed in Ukrainian literature and literary awards. We are also very lucky that we are working with Andrei Kurkov, who is really one of Ukraine's leading writers. He's probably Ukraine's most widely translated writer. His uh, books have appeared in 33 languages, and he will uh, actually, uh, we will be announcing it soon, but he's going to be the head of the jury for this uh, first prize. He was a, a judge at the Booker Prize in the UK, and oh. so he is a person who knows a lot about book awards and literature and, you know, how do you do outreach sort of on an international level? Wow. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that that is a question there. As far as the eligibility of the writers, um, is it um, for writers in Ukraine, like citizens or residents of Ukraine? No, the, the book award, there was a lot of talk. How do you, you know, how do you go about having what is essentially a Ukrainian prize, but one that also has an international impact or international component. But we came to the decision that the books must be published in Ukraine, but the, the writers don't have to be Ukrainian citizens. Okay, uh, You need to have a point of, of reference in a way. And so while this book prize does look at a fairly narrow topic, which is the Ukrainian-Jewish uh, relationship, the dialogue, uh, you know, we've cast a very wide net. It is the first year of the prize, and yet have to begin someplace. So the guidelines are available on the UJE website, both in Ukrainian and in English. Uh, but... You know, the fact that the books have to be in the Ukrainian language and published in Ukraine is an important component. Priority will be given to original Ukrainian language works, but it's also uh, important to look at those translated works that have appeared in the Ukrainian language, because what you see in Ukraine is that you do see translations of, of books from other languages. And so this then opens uh, the prize to a much wider um, authorship, one could say. I see. Okay, so if a Canadian writer or someone in Canada, the United States, the UK, Israel, writes a book in a non-Ukrainian language, how would they then go about getting it? If, if it becomes translated into Ukrainian, then they can enter it into this prize. Yes. Yeah, so they, I mean, there are books, if they deal with the Ukrainian Jewish topic and it's published by... Uh, Ukrainian publisher in Ukraine, then yes, their books would be uh, eligible for this prize. The people who can apply or who can submit books are publishers and you have publishers associations. Um, it's an, it's a more narrow group of individuals because uh, again, there was, you have to create some sort of um, you know, order in all of this. And so it was decided, particularly in the Ukrainian experience, let's have publishers or these associations uh, submit the, their, the, the, the works for the award. The way we've approached it is we will be alternating years, fiction and nonfiction. And, you know, if we look at fiction, I mean, fiction 
includes all it, fiction is defined as prose, poetry, and drama. Nonfiction is defined as histories, biographies, memoirs, journalism, essays. So again, it's a wide it's a wide net. This first year, we will be looking at fiction, meaning prose, poetry, and drama. Uh, and then next year, we'll be looking at nonfiction. And this way, you're able to get both categories. You're not throwing a whole bunch of books in, in one pot and asking a jury to make a decision on, you know, various, uh, you know, types of literature. Uh, and hopefully, you know, by alternating these years, we also are able to look at the different type of literature that's out there. Sure. Um, and that you have at least they're all within a certain category. Right. Yeah, well, that makes it easier for sure. I can I can see how that would be. So we were talking about books then being published in Ukraine. The publishers would be really the ones that would be spearheading this. They would be uh, submitting authors for consideration. That's right. All right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the publishing industry in Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine's a young country, um, just over 25 years old. And before that, of course, the Soviet Union was a different kettle of fish altogether. Um, although there were books published, um, I've read, I read a few of them. Um, how has the publishing industry evolved since 1991? First of all, it's just, I think the quality of writers is for myself is, you know, just as a book reader, I find that the stories that are coming out of Ukraine are quite compelling. These are stories, you know, of, you know, a country, a nation in transition, a country in a way in search of itself, a country that is in uh, a state of war. And, you know, here we see some similarities with Israeli writing where, mm -hmm. You know, it's a country that that daily, you know, sort of struggles for its independence and fights for its independence. Mm -hmm. You know, in Ukraine, having this war experience, we see that experience voice in the writers. You know, but we also, you know, we also see a very inquisitive group of readers, you know, people who are reading about the outside world. And so you see, you know, actually, from my perspective, very quickly, you know, some of the the works that are widely known in the West, eventually they end up being published here. Uh, what I find really interesting is that you also have sort of this group of uh, Central European, Eastern European writers that you can read here. I'll find literature that for me is quite interesting in the Ukrainian language that I won't necessarily find in the English language, and that includes European writers, uh, you know, that maybe their works or not all of their works have found their way into English. You know, the, the publishers, from what I understand, are not so happy to share all of their sales figures and their. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's still, yes, it's still a very nascent industry here. Mm -hmm. uh, but, with, you know, with this prize, again, you know, we look at we look at a fairly a specific topic, um, you know, the Ukrainian-Jewish relationship. Right. Uh, at the same time, from the applications that we've already gotten, I have to say I'm really surprised at the depth and the breadth of works uh, of the applicants. 
you know, that I would have never thought of, you know, in magazines, plays that have been published. And so, you know, I think that there's certainly more out there that I'm aware of. On the topic of Ukrainian-Jewish relations. Yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, because you tend to think, you know, I mean, you have, you have what, seven, eight very big publishers here. And, you know, what I'm finding is you have some of these smaller uh, publishers are sending me queries, you know, could it be submitted for the book prize? So I, I think, you know, there's more out there perhaps than we even know of. Interesting. And that's great to hear uh, that, that this is um, front and center for a lot of people. And the, top, the topic itself is not forgotten. It's not overlooked. It's not ignored by any means. And we were talking about then these books being published in Ukraine, in Ukrainian. Will they be translated into other languages and distributed outside the country? Well, you know, we, you know, it's, the, the, we gotta, you have to get through the first year of this prize. Um, you know, my hope is, is that uh, the books that we see or the works that um, are submitted or certainly whoever wins the award that we will eventually see some of these works in the English language because, you know, and this is something you and I talked about before is, you know, mm -hmm. I find it very exciting. It's a country that is in uh, transition that, you know, Ukrainians are still building a state. Sure. So there is sort of this experimentation and that experimentation is within the, um, you know, the cultural sphere, the, the literary sphere, the artistic sphere and how creative people approach that in a way they are helping forge how future generations see their own country. How do young citizens of Ukraine see their country today? How do they feel within this country today? Right. Where do they see themselves fitting in in a more global environment? Who are we as people? So within literature, I see a lot of that experimentation taking place. You know, again, against a backdrop in what is not a very easy political, economic, or global situation today. No kidding. I mean, with rising anti-Semitism around the world, it, it is a difficult topic to to broach. So, so it's interesting because uh, Pew Charitable Trust, I believe it was last year, had done a study of uh, how how Europeans felt about Jews. And, you know, it turns out that Ukraine has turned out to be the most tolerant mm -hmm. uh, nation. And that's a really important, you know, that says something about this country and how uh, its people are uh, developing and how they see their own history and how they see the outside world. And uh, certainly when these works, you know, come in, the, the application period the submission period open on January the 16th. It closes on March the 16th. We'll get a big sense, I think, within that period of time. And then having an opportunity to look through the works that have been submitted, get a more in-depth look again at how writers and publishers see the Ukrainian Jewish relationship quite specifically, that relationship. That will be very interesting. 
have you had any reaction yet? Uh, well, I guess I've got a two point que- two prong question here. Is um, have you? What is the reaction? Has there been a reaction? Is is it known outside of Ukraine by Jewish writers in Israel, other parts of the world? And uh, what has been their reaction to Ukrainian literature on this topic? Have you had any? I mean, for the specific prize, I've heard from Ukrainian writers who are working with colleagues in Israel where they're, you know, perhaps translating Israeli poetry into Ukrainian, mm-hmm. or they have and they want to know if they can, you know, if they can submit a book, then that needs to come from the publisher. Um, it's still very early sort of within this, this process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the more time that goes on and and the further down the road we get not only in the the submission and then consideration phase of this book prize i think we'll have more of an idea after we actually then award the winner for the first year sure and i think we'll get a sense of an answer to some of the questions that you and perhaps others have so far the response that i have gotten uh, both in email and just in people, you know, saying that this is a wonderful initiative and it's really good that this type of prize will be taking place in Ukraine mm-hmm. for Ukraine literature. Great. And what about the Ukraine literature itself? Have you had any feedback from Jewish communities uh, around the world in Israel? For the prize itself, no. No. But for literature, though, the literature that's been coming out of Ukraine on this topic. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that when I travel to Israel, I think, first of all, Israelis still know not that much about Ukrainian literature. When they get to know it, they are fascinated. Um, And what I have heard from Israeli writers and poets themselves, they say, we want to know more about Ukrainian writers, Ukrainian literature, past and present. Hmm. Um, and I think that that is, you know, that's a bridge that you you see the first steps of that bridge mm-hmm. taking place. But that is something that's built upon. You know, we, we are one of the supporters of Meridi and Shirdovets, the International Poetry Festival that mm-hmm. takes place in Chernivtsi. And for a number of years, the the organizers have brought in Israeli poets and that po- their poetry has been then translated into Ukrainian. And it's amazing to see the feedback of the young, and it's a lot of young people who will go to this poetry festival and they listen to to the poetry that's being read. And, you know, this is something that's new for people and they appreciate it. And so I think that, you know, these are bridges that still need to be built. It's in a nascent stage. But at the same time, if we look at Ukraine and Israel, certainly on a political level, you have very strong ties. And, you know, culture, it has its own life and its own pace. Mm-hmm. And same for, you know, for literature. Interesting, as you're describing what's going on there, our worlds are so different in Europe and here in North America. I mean, going to a poetry festival, like who does that, right? But in Ukraine, you're just talking about this great, this one in Chernyitsi that is huge and draws a lot of people. And they think on a different level, um, I guess, politically and socially, culturally. 
And I find that that is fascinating. I think something that we can learn in North America, maybe we can, you know, broaden our perspective. If you go to a poetry festival, this is deep. This is a lot deeper than just mere entertainment. So that's interesting. Well, you know, in Lviv, at the book forum, in, you know, they'll have poetry readings late at night and, and the room is packed. Hmm. I am not necessarily a person who grew up appreciating poetry to the extent that I should have. But as I have gotten older and as I've, you know, listened to Ukrainian poets, uh, listening to their poetry and just getting to know some of the writers here, I have such a, a different appreciation, certainly. And I can understand, you know, the pull that poetry can have. Hmm. And so the fact that Ukraine still has poets and poets that have an impact, that have a societal impact, is very important, I think. Indeed, yeah. Well, thank you for for sharing your thoughts about poetry and the information about this new literary prize. And um, I think listeners will be um, interested to track the progress of this literary award. So you say that the entry period for writers and publishers to submit entries is from now until March yes. March 16th. Okay. And then after that? We'll have a initial group of individuals who will go look through to ensure that these works fall within those criteria. And then books will go to a final jury who will make a determination as to um, the winner of the prize. And we will have two honorable mentions. You know, you want to encourage good writing and good literature. So, yeah, so this will be certainly a learning process for me. Mm-hmm. But I, we're, we're following fairly well-established rules. And, you know, I feel very fortunate because there are many people that, that you can turn to and ask questions. Right, yeah. Um, Good to have experts on your team, for sure. <laughs> that's right. So the, the award will be? The a winner will be announced at the Lviv Book Fair uh, in September. Okay. And well, then we'll have a small break and it'll begin again. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the second go around, you'll have experience. That's right. Yes. <laughs> well, super. Well, thank you so much, Natalia, for your time explaining what it's all about and giving us a bit of insight into the actual publishing industry in Ukraine. That was just great. So uh, good luck with the planning and and look forward to the next step, finding out who the winner is at the next Lviv of Book Fair. Yes. Thank you. I was speaking with Natalia Fedoschak, Director of Communications for the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. For more information about their new literary prize, visit their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
was Corinna from the eastern United States and sounding very klezmerish there with a song called Tarantali Tanzok, or a folk dance. And Corinna translates as Roots. Great name for our group. Coming up next is a group from Winnipeg called Shum. And unfortunately, the group is no longer together as Shum, although uh, the members have been dispersed. They're still on the Ukrainian music scene. Here they are from uh, their second CD, Shum's second CD. Um, it's fun to be Ukrainian, sounding very mellow. Tisha Navkruhe, silence all around. Yeah, 
was Wally Nash for you there with a medley of Ukrainian dance tunes, and that is from a CD put out by Sunshine Records in Winnipeg, 24 Golden Hits. Zyudenu bulaz vame pavlina. Nahadu yuvisluhite radio programu nash holos radio nashoho korinya. Nakveli CHLY, stoidenisim FM, umisti nanaimo. Zadashaitis yuzname nastupnu hudenu. Dali peredeyu mikrofonu oksani. Zaprosiyu posluhite troche pro istorio i tredeci hiraspovisto oksana. Ale peredeyem yo hochu zadashatavasti kemislovame mudrostea. Jak te kravets, to nesidai nashevske stilets. And our proverb of the week translates as, If you are a tailor, don't sit on a cobbler's bench. And that brings us to the end of the first hour of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Please stay with us as Oksana takes over the microphone to host the next hour for the second last time. She'll be joining me at 11 starting on February 19th. So until then, do stay in touch with both of us via our Facebook page and Twitter, and do visit our website as well, where you'll find transcripts, audio files, information about the show, and links, including one to our podcast feed, and that's www.nashholos.com. You can also find Nash Holos on Mixcloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast places, and of course, on your favorite podcast app. So stay tuned next for the Nash Holos Ukrainian Hour with Oksana, followed by Wellness Wednesday to learn how to be healthy naturally. I'm Pavlina. Thanks so much for listening. Dozusrichi. Палавьяца на пелоню каташе сдела, а ехал я вену бегою кукуковаты, а там пана девчонок кухюше дуроваты. А малышка там гадула, я попродувала, а я ей попросил дел на дуровала. Як сачала торуате без умробетки, а я лучше я и зачетку и купетки.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you.